So this will be the last time you hear our two voices. You may be glad of that. You may be sad at that. You may feel completely indifferent to that. But I think, uh, I think that's it's the that. third. I think it's the third one. Um, <laughs> I hope it's the third one. Yeah. Welcome to what is possibly the final ever Players Podcast. We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. I am Ronan Hamill, the Productions Manager for Queen's University Players 2020-2021. And as ever, I'm joined by... Chris McCamaskey, the Queen's University Players Treasurer 2020-2021. Yeah, and um, we will be joined in a bit by Rory Lawther, who is the director of our final show of the year, DNA, by Dennis Kelly. Um and yeah, as we say, because of that, this might be the last ever one. Um, yeah. Who knows? We'll see what happens uh, next year. Anyway, after that uh, gloomy start, <laughs> Mims, what's been going on? Um, you may, you probably are aware of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber has sort of mounted a campaign regarding reopening of theatres. Yeah. Um, and particularly in relation to various COVID pilot schemes that were run in England into around live events. Things like if anybody watched the World Snooker Championships, those, those were monitored very closely as pilot events Yeah. Um, in terms of having a live audience present, etc., etc. Um, until I think yesterday or the day before, um, the government hadn't released uh, the results of those as yet. Um, however, Andrew Lloyd Webber, along with a number of other West End producers, i.e. people with enough money, um, that for once, actually, that's not downplaying it because it's a really good thing they've done. They mounted a legal challenge against the government to release those results. Mm -hmm. And under great pressure, they did. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that um, for the most part, seated events that are structured, the example given in the report is the World Snooker Championships, that's the reason I used it, which I think is sort of very akin to a theatre, largely because I think the Crucible is technically a theatre. The Crucible being the uh, event space in which the uh, championship is held. Um, It was sort of, it looked to be about half full, but it was certainly, it had a fairly sizable audience each time. And it turns out that in the course of 17 days, there were um, five secondary cases reported. Okay. So we're talking about across many, many hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been pointed out to be fairly ridiculous, therefore, that whilst we're holding European football championships and various other live events, until this week, theatres in England haven't been able to reopen. Yeah. And I think I've been rather forgiving up to this point, I think, of that. Um, you know, but 
it is just silly now. And there's sort of... I think the argument has been floated recently that the government are essentially neglecting the art centre sector, sorry, the art sector, and that particularly the theatre community has been neglected. Mm -hmm. And I think that argument now has absolute provable wit to it. Yeah, I I think that was the case beforehand, to be honest, Um, even without this challenge. uh, I think we talked about this earlier in the year whenever things were open again for a while in that cinemas were open and but theatres weren't and it just seemed bizarre and the issue as well being that this time around cinemas are open again theatres weren't in England until this week still aren't here yet they're happy for actors to have rehearsals in theatre spaces so you've got all the components you've got the actors performing on stage with each other you've got audiences in theatres in the sense being in cinemas so why yeah. is it why is it not allowed for all those components to come together? Anyway, hopefully it's we're coming towards the insanity. end of it. We'll leave it there, I think. Um, yes. And we'll take a quick break. And when we're back, we'll be joined by Rory Lawther. We'll be back in a second. And we're back. And we're joined by the director who's already laughing of DNA, Rory <laughs> Lawther. Sorry, the transition between them, it was so it was so seamless. I watched you get in character in real time. It was class. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Rory. How are you? Uh yeah, I'm very well. I'm a bit uh loopy. I just got the injection, but um I'm doing Oh okay. really? Yeah. Cool. Are you are you feeling all right? Uh arm arm's pretty sore. You know, just the usual uh, uh COVID job banter, but we'll yeah. have like a little bit of patter, you know, arm sore, a bit tired, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, same, same. Um, so you're doing a show, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to um tell everybody sort of what DNA is about? Yeah, that'd be my pleasure. Um, DNA uh is about um it's about a group of friends who um sort of live in a um kind of time and place that doesn't really care about them all so much. So they're kind of banded together in this little gang. And um, they meet in the woods after school because um, I don't really mind giving this away, actually, because for me, this isn't really what the play is about. But um, they uh, there has been an accidental death in their group and they're meeting in the woods to deal with it and to sort of um, come up with a way um, for them all to sort of be on the same page about it. And I don't really mind telling like that. Because for me, that's not what the play is about. The play is about their relationships and their, um, the sort of the way that they create a lie rather than what the lie itself is. Isn't really so much a big, um, big spoiler for me. Uh, the play's been out also for 15 years. So like... Yeah. And it, to be it, fair, you've only given away the first scene and a half there. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's like, the, yeah, that's like the first... 20 minutes of the play or something like that so yeah cool um i was curious as well as because originally when you were submitting for um final shows you had submitted um a different play um and then yes. you sort of changed your mind and came back to this one why mm-hmm. what was it about this that sort of drew you back in i know you're a dennis kelly fan anyway but yes well that, the, i mean the main thing is like I'm, I'm a massive dennis kelly fan like he's he's one of my favorite writers um 
for, for me, I think the reason I, I, I wanted to do this play over the other one, um, A, love Dennis Kelly, and, and B, it, it seemed like a really, really good opportunity, not only to put on a play that um, I do enjoy, but also in sort of a, a, a double-edged thing, I suppose, get as many people as we could safely into a theatre space again and to make theatre. Um, it's a big cast, um, but to me, getting all those people back into the room and like to creatively make a piece of work that um, I would say we're all pretty proud of at the moment um, is is really what like this society is all about, what theatre is all about. And um, I don't know, I just saw this play as a really good opportunity to to um, have that happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned there, you know, the, one of your reasons was because of the size of the the cast um, required for it. Um, how have you found that managing everyone? Uh, you know what? It's actually it's 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 been fine. It's that it's been it's been really good because you know the only other thing I the only thing I directed by myself before this was a one person thing, and that you know that's the complete opposite of this. But we started rehearsals on Zoom because it was you know when we when we were when we started all this, um, it was. The, we didn't quite know by restrictions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we started on Zoom. And the toughest part is getting nine people's schedules to line up, yeah. um, which is next to impossible. Um, but also the nature of the play, it's okay because there's people aren't in every scene, so that's fine. But the worst, the hardest thing, <laughs> the worst thing, because they've all been delightful. Um, they're, they're, they're all absolutely incredible. So big ups to the cast and the crew. But... Um, getting getting their schedules was um i don't want to say nightmarish because uh, <laughs> uh but i would say it was a challenge but the actual directing process of directing nine people has been i also have ronan ronan mcmanus my uh, assistant director again has been sort of having him on board with it as well has been completely um that's also been really handy yeah mm-hmm. cool. yeah it was very diplomatic language you're using there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I'm I'm trying to. I'm, here. I'm, trying to <laughs> I'm trying to appease. Uh, I'm trying to, you know. How have you found your own sort of directing change? As you say, you've only really done the one show before, and it was one one man. Yeah. Um, do you have you have you sort of learned anything about your own style through this? Um, I I don't know. I think um, yeah, I don't know because obviously that 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 play was so long ago as well. And I, I don't really remember much of it, but um, I think but my kind of philosophy, <laughs> um, I don't know, my thought process is that, you know, I, I get these nine incredible performers and I get me and I get Ronan. And then I have um, Carly McGee-Torton, who is our art director. Um, and I have Lucy Walton, who's our stage manager. And um, I know that, uh, you know, we've got yourself, Alana and Desi helping out as well. Um, and to think that I'm the smartest person in that room would be, <laughs> it, would, it would be really silly. So I think sort of what I've learned is that like, it's, it's the entire thing is a collaboration. So if an actor doesn't feel like what they're doing is right, then absolutely, I'm, you know, it's, it's up to me to direct them in, in the way. I, I just want to make a, a, a space that is as comfortable for the performers as possible to feel like they can 
make the big choice and then if it works class we've got it but if it doesn't work then we can go back and we can fine-tune it in the rehearsal process um but it's all about collaboration and it's all about listening to what the actors actually think about their characters because there's so much stuff that when we'd have one-on-ones that i think i know that i know what all the actors are thinking about their characters and you can see it when we rehearse it that there's these little nuances that they're bringing that we've discussed and maybe that'll just be maybe that's just for me and the actor or maybe you know someone in the audience will pick up on a very small thing that we've discussed ages ago but um to me it's all about listening to what the actors um want to bring to their characters and then really only ever adjusting them if they go so far of course but when you get the nine people that we've got they rarely go off course uh, they rarely go off course yeah um I think you can see that as well, having sat in on some of the rehearsals and stuff, how that works. Um, just, you've definitely given them plenty of freedom and yeah. uh, how they're figuring it out. Um, I suppose with that, you kind of you have to keep it in line as to what the the, the, the tone of how you see the play um, and how you see it performed. is. Was there a sense of that that you really were like, I, I want this feeling to come out of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had this discussion. This, this is a discussion that came up when we were doing... Mercury Fur, which is a play I'm very um, proud to be in, um, that during rehearsal processes, um, we find it hilarious. Mm-hmm. We found it very funny. And then when it came to the night of the show, people laughed, but they didn't laugh at the places we thought they would. So, uh, you know, audience expectations about tone and stuff are always difficult going into it. Um, I personally think the play is absolutely hilarious. I think, well, no, no, actually, no. <laughs> I personally think that the play is funny. Yeah. Not hilarious, but I think it's funny and I think it's meant to be funny. But there are topics and there are, um, there are moments that are incredibly unsettling and very, very, um, potentially very upsetting to watch which is you know something to keep in mind for people that are wanting to see the play there are potentially moments that can be quite upsetting in it and i think that mix of tones is something that dennis kelly does very well in pretty much all his work it's it's always it's never just drama it's it's there's always an element that could be seen as funny Mm -hmm. um so the mixing of the tones is really important and it mostly comes out through performance and through delivery. But I think, you know, I think all, all the elements, especially the design elements, ground the play in reality, but then the tones, the tones are conflicting, but I think that because of the performances, they work really well. But it was always quite, especially in rehearsals, it's always been very... um it's always been a fun rehearsal room. I, I hope at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Mims, you can speak for that to some degree. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in there. Um, we have laughed a lot more than we should have making this play yeah. in a lot of ways. There are bits of it we laugh at that we really shouldn't laugh at. Probably. Um, because the thing is, when you rehearse something funny, it's often quite a serious room. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas when you rehearse something very serious, by nature of the material, it then becomes a lighter room. And especially, it's especially true of this one because this play does, it doesn't, I think, Rory, you and I talked about this early on. It's not really like a, 
it's not shocking in the way that sometimes a serious play can be. Yeah. It's no. just, but it goes to some really dark places. It's no, there's not like, um, there's not like, well, I was about to say something there, but it would be actually <laughs> completely wrong because that does happen. Um, <laughs> but there's no, it's not like. Um, Nobody gets stabbed I, or anything. Y- yeah, nothing like that. I was going to say, no, that's too much. I don't want to give away everything. <laughs> yeah, but there's no, yeah, there, there's no, everything's very, everything's taken really seriously and everything's done very truthfully, but there's no moments of like high, high drama, I guess, in like the high drama sense. It's all just done very realistically and everything's a big thing that we've talked about is everything's so very matter of fact everything's very much this is how it is this is what happened uh, that's especially that happens a lot in um Tiernan McCarn and um uh Keelan Stowe's characters very matter of fact delivery that's very very subtle but really powerful I think at, at, in moments of the play um I want to give a shout out actually just to the whole cast because I don't want to just single out people um we've also got Claudia Mills on the track we've got Zoe O'Hare giving it absolute stacks we've got Chris McComiskey absolute legend um we've got Kira McMullen a newcomer to performing yeah yeah I don't think she's been crew or anything like that we've got Eloise Conway absolute legend shout out to Eloise um we've also got Liam Rowan um bloody superstar um really really happy that I've been able to direct Liam um uh, yeah shout out to Liam and we've also got Nikki Brown um absolute absolute class yeah it's to shout out one of them or shout out two of them would have felt wrong so like shout out to all of them because um it's 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 been a joy yeah, um, I th- that's absolutely fair. I think, um, and like, it's such a strong group. Is is the honest truth of it? Um, and they've all managed to to really, really effectively capture the uniqueness of each of their characters. I think. Um, yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, um, it it really they all feel like very individual people, um, and that's what makes the dynamic work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They all they all brought something specific, and they all brought something like you said, unique to their characters. And then it's a joy to sort of have that um, even just extended through um, Carly's costume design to have like the sort of the the elements of their characters that could be seen as broad strokes have really been focused in by her costume design. Um, Yeah, I just, I consider myself very lucky to have got to work with this group of people. I, um, yeah. Absolutely. I was curious about um, you. This was your first time that you'd submitted this year. Um, were you waiting for being able to do things in a theatre again? Were you very much no, not doing Zoom, um, um, or was it just coincidence? Because uh, no, I can, I can get that totally. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really a coincidence. I, um, I've you know, I was in two Zoom plays this year. Um, I've watched everything that players has done this year and like hats off to you guys. I've, I've, I've been impressed by the consistency of the, I was about to sound like very, I don't know, like kind of looking down at you guys. It's just, it's really impressive to see the consistency of work and, and how good it's been. But I personally had no, um, I don't think I ever had an intention of doing a play on zoom. I don't think that I have 
I don't think I have the creativity to make it work. The, the plays that I wanted to direct or want to direct, I just don't know that I could direct them over Zoom. Having said that, having like been in the importance of being earnest and not knowing how Claudia and Laurie were going to do it. And then when it happened and it was like, oh, they actually did make it work. That's, mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't do that. I couldn't direct a play and have it be on Zoom. But um, I can, I can sure as hell act in one. I can try, I can try and act in one. But I, um, I was waiting. I had an inkling that the final play might be able to be in a theater, and I was, I was, I was biding my time, yeah, hoping. And um, then I pounced. Yeah. <laughs> Class, yeah, I, I. I... Fair enough. Um, like yeah. I, I didn't even think I was going to act in any Zoom productions this year until Carly bullied me into it. So yeah, well, that's fair. She, yeah. she can, she can do that. Yeah. Can do that. yeah. Um, so that's that's absolutely fair enough. It's that's okay. We said we said that in the last podcast as well that she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, as long as it's out there. Just yeah, yeah. Um, I think I guess we should touch on the fact, Rory, that this, as you have declared, is your last ever player show. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been a long, long road for you. Um. It, How do you feel about, about it ending? It has been. Well, it's longer than pretty much anyone else in the society, I think. Aye, it's been four years. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel at the end of it all? Um, I, I think I am. Um, I the other day I I talked to the cast about it and I was trying not to get emotional about it, but um, you know, I I didn't have I I wasn't in the society in first year. I uh. I did a play at the end of first year with Aoife Brown, who was then becoming the president of players. Mm-hmm. And she told me that I was an idiot and that I should join the society. Like, why was I not a member of it? Um, I didn't have a good first year in uni. I was consistently considering dropping out because I, I just didn't really like it. And I wasn't really good at making friends. And then I think I can look at when I joined players and just how how better things got. The society, I said, I, I already said, I said it to the guys, and um, the the society has meant like everything to me. Like it, it was, it was my uni experience. The friends I made in uni were from this society. Um, so to get to not only direct like a full show by not by myself, obviously because I had Ronin, but to get for my last thing that I did to be directing a play by my favorite writer. Um, you know, with the cast of people that some some of I was some of them I was pretty good friends with before this, but now getting to meet all these new people for it to be the first proper show back in the BFT, you know, and hopefully continuing a trend of you know the shows for next year for for you guys that you guys will be back in the BFT, um, and getting to work you know with Ronan. Um, and Carly and Lucy and um, Des and yourself and Alana and just getting to work with that group of people it's 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 incredible I'm I'm I consider myself really lucky that I was chosen um, to do this last show it's um it's really really meant a lot um and yeah it was uh I mean I, I It'll. For, it, I mean, I'm still obviously gonna come and support and see all the shows because the society is. I just love it, but like, I don't know. For this to be the final cap, um, it feels pretty good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. 
Well, well said, man. Well said. Um, I think that's speaks... trying to get me to cry on the players' podcast. <laughs> what, the hell is, what the hell is this? I am not. I'm just. I just know that. Um, I knew that the society meant a lot to you anyway, and I think yeah. what you're saying there encapsulates. I think how a lot of people do feel about the society and what it should be. Um, yeah. For, for a lot of people, um, it is. It is their uni experience, and I'm kind of going the same direction. And all the closest friends I've yeah. made really are yeah. through the society. Um, I feel anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, you probably can't help it. Like just the nature of doing shows with people and like the hours that you'd have in rehearsals and all that. Um, it's not surprising to me that I made friends with players, but like it's almost inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. like it's you're going, you're going to, you're by, you're going to be forced into being friends with people <laughs> the amount of time you spend with them. Essentially, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a mm-hmm. Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, have you got uh, any sort of favorite moments over the last couple of years? I mean, highlights. I mean, getting to getting to do uh, getting to go to ISDA, um the first the first year I, I went um, and performing uh, board games. Um, that that was uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty immense thing. We opened. I think we opened the fest. I think we were the first show of the night, so we didn't have like a first show of the two weeks or week. Um, we didn't have a massive audience because we were the first show, but like doing that felt class the first um the first show i ever did the final night that we did it and like the lights went down and then people clapped and then doing the boys it's a pretty it's a pretty like immense feeling because we were still in the elmwood that's back when players performed in the elmwood hall and um i don't know taking the boys then and then just that night out with that group of people who are all still so close and like so near and dear to my heart that's that's a pretty big highlight and then I guess. Um, oh, that's quite a. It's quite a. Yeah. Um, give it like hugging my mum after she saw this must be the place because um, this is the first thing I had written and put out there that was my own and um, you know she was. I mean the content of the play was a bit, a bit much for her, but um, I don't know getting to hug and talk to her after, talk to her and my dad after the play that was, that was pretty special, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely absolutely um mm-hmm. yeah some great moments um i'll, I'll um <clears throat> i'll stop trying to make you emotional um no, I won't. i'm, <laughs> Why, I'm going say? to talk for a minute no because <laughs> it's not a secret in the society that my first show as mm. a little green first year was a little play called two mm-hmm. directed um hilariously by ronan mcmanus and which also the other, uh, the lead actor um, in that show was a certain Mr. Rory Lawther. But the amount that I learned about how to behave within players from you, mm-hmm. the calmness that you brought to that cast was really, re- no, because it's a terrifying thing. Oh, for sure. And particularly the way we were doing that show Mm-hmm. <laughs> where we sat within the audience at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was terrified on that. Oh, yeah, it was. It was uh, and, yeah. you know, you were so, so welcoming to me within that cast. And that, I don't think I've ever said that, and I'm saying it on a fucking podcast. Well, hey, look at that. We, but uh, it really, really meant a lot. Um, because you had no reason. I was some idiot first year with a stupid voice. 
we'll see. No, this <laughs> this this is so that's that was that was really sweet. Thank that was really kind. Thank you, Mansi. It was an absolute obviously it was an absolute joy to get to work with you. Um, but I actually feel like in that case, now I wasn't aware I was doing that, but I feel like in in that case I actually do have some sort of obligation because. You know, when I started in the society, I was terrified. And I remember going to my first like auditions and the first thing I got cast in. And I got cast in it with my friend, um, my friend Tom. We, I, we weren't even really friends. We, we were friendly, but we became friends during that show. And Tom had been in Players the previous year. And Tom and I were sort of the co-leads like, of that show. And you know, working with Tom and then working with um, Aoife, who directed it, and, um, uh, you know, other people that were involved in that show, like um, uh, Lauren and um, uh, Kiva McGee, I believe was, yes, Kiva was in it. Um, and they had been in that position of, they had been in the society for years. They took a chance casting you know and basically an entirely new cast apart from tom and becky i believe um and they took a chance and it was how they acted in the rehearsals that sort of informed me on how i would then sort of you need to carry on that you know able to have a laugh but being professional and also looking out for your other cast members so i guess from doing that i i wanted to continue that on and you know i I, I was in Aaron Ferguson's first show and I could see the second he walked through the door, he was absolutely terrified. But you need to make sure that everyone is comfortable and everyone is everyone feels good about what they're doing. Otherwise, there's no point doing it because they'll be absolutely terrified and they won't give the performance that they want and they'll be upset at themselves. So it, to me, it was it, it's important that if you're given that responsibility of or that title, I suppose, of lead, although in two, I would argue that it was more of an ensemble thing. But to, to me, it's it's important that, you know, everyone in the room is on the same page and everyone in the room is is happy with what's happening and is feeling comfortable enough. So, I mean, that's I think that's where that comes from. It's from learning from people before and having now seen you in rehearsals. And, you know, the cast, most of this cast wasn't a new cast, but seeing how you get on with rehearsals and how people like you and, um, you know, Liam and Stu, who have been in a fair few players, things like acting, seeing how you guys get on in rehearsals is, it's it's that, it's that exact same thing. You're doing exactly what you claim I was doing. And it's, um that's just, that's how you, that's how you carry it on. That's how you pass it down. And I think... I, I think it's important in, in any field of work, um, but especially this, because people can feel kind of embarrassed about acting and people can feel nervous and embarrassed about their performances in rehearsals, but it's up to other people to, it's up to the director and it's up to their other actors to make them feel like what they're doing is worthwhile. So I think that's my philosophy on it, I guess. Yeah. Um... That, 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 that's what the society is about again as yeah. we were sort of talking about yeah. earlier it's, it's passing that stuff down and um, yeah uh, well said Mims as well um, we'll move on from the sort of uh, gushing section gu- <laughs> the gushing uh, yeah back slapping kind of stuff um, we'll go to uh, cultural recommendations hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, oh yeah you prepped um 
I did have a think about it because I had assumed, you know, we might as well stick to the formula now. Why give up on the last? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, three things, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, what have you got for us? Well, I've I've got a rival podcast for you. Um, oh. I, uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of um, podcasts over the time, and um, the the most recent one. Um, I can't believe I didn't know about this. I was kind of upset myself. It's um, the Royal Court podcast, the Royal Court Theatre in England. They um, they have a podcast that's run by Simon Stevens, who, again, is another um, writer that I really, really love. And he just interviews, um, he kind of does like long form interviews um, from various writers around the UK. Um, a lot of them have been through the Royal Court Young Writers Programme themselves, so he has a bit of perspective on them. But he just sort of interviews them about their writing process, about um, about their work, and sort of a little bit of backstory. And um, I was lucky enough; I, I was in like a workshop with him a while a while back, and he he's like he's like the kind of person that I think most introverts wish they could. Like he's so charismatic and he talks so much. But um, I would really recommend the podcast for anyone. Um, for anyone that like is interested in in writing, because it's it goes quite in depth about process and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so that's one I hadn't heard of either. Actually, um, no, yeah, I must look into. I it. would, uh, yeah, I'd recommend the the his first the first episode is with Enda Walsh. There's okay. like an episode with David Ireland. Uh, there's there there's a there's a lot a lot of episodes. The one with Laura Wade and the one with Alice Birch are also really really good. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Number two. Um, so over over the past year or so, I am looking for new things to sort of get into. I've very much heavily got into D and D, which is not which is something that I thought I'd be embarrassed to say, but I'm actually not because it, it's actually no. Class. Why? Um, and there's a show um, that I would really recommend that I I started watching about a year ago that I think is like a great starting off point for people to get into called um, Dimension Twenty. It's um it's kind of gotten quite big over the last year on YouTube. It's if do you remember College Humor mm-hmm. back in the day on YouTube? Yeah. Yep. It's it it's it was made it's made by them. So it's a bunch of comedians playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and um the first season of it there's about there's nine about nine seasons of it now. The first season is called um Fantasy High, and I think the basically the pitch line is like. You know John Hughes, who did like Ferris Bueller yeah. and um, Breakfast Club and all that. It's like what would happen if he ran a D and D game. So it's like based <laughs> in like nineteen eighties America, but it's still kind of high fantasy. And I think it's a really good starting off point to get into that specific thing. Which um, I, I'm I'm in a game now myself after like watching it, and like I really wanted to get into games, so now I am. Um, but I think it's a really good starting off point for people who aren't so sure about the like you know the high the proper high fantasy like world um but it's 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 really really good um most of the episodes are up on youtube some of them are behind a, like a paywall on an app which is a bit unfortunate right. but if you want to watch them i can i can give you my login because I, think <laughs> I think i think they're 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 really worthwhile they just finished their ninth season which was a murder mystery in like sylvania you know like so like um like small animals and stuff like that. And it was a murder mystery that's kind of based off old, uh, inspired by like Sherlock Holmes and stuff um, mm. that I would really, really recommend. But it's it's class. I love it. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's like just a, 
whole mash of creativity. Yeah, yeah, it's surprisingly, it's yeah, it's surprisingly really, really fun. And the episodes are only like an hour and a half or something like that. And they're 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 yeah. quick and they're um, they're really good. I'd really recommend their best season is a season called A Crown of Candy, and it's you know the game show, the game Candyland. It's um, mm. if the world of Candyland took place in Game of Thrones, essentially. So it's like really <laughs> um, political intrigue and like um, plots and stuff like that, but set in Candyland. So I, I'd really recommend that season. Awesome. No, D&D has always struck me as a thing where that sounds cool, but I don't have the attention span for that. <laughs> yeah, I get it, I suppose. I think um, one thing that I've sort of said to the people that I play with is like, you know what you're basically doing and this isn't like a new thought or anything but you're getting together with a bunch of friends and you're improvising and you're creating a story and you're playing characters for like three or four hours a week maybe and like it's it's just acting it's acting and it's writing that's what this society is kind of about and that's what the game is Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's um it's 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 really fun tell your friends (laughs) tell your friends it's really fun (laughs) Yeah. Class. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally. Finally, um, is another uh, TV show that I literally only just finished the final episode of about a week ago. Um, but I've watched the first couple episodes like like four months ago. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called The Midnight Gospel. Okay. Um, based off a podcast. It's it's the, the, the idea of it is it's created by Pendleton Ward, who made um, Adventure Time. And it's this guy who sits down and he interviews various people and then they animate his interviews, but they, they make it about this, uh, this like wizard who lives in space and is interviewing people for a space cast. So what happens in the animation is not linked to the discussions that they're having, but it's a mesh of the two sort of mediums. Um, And it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. The final, the final episode made me weep more than i think anything has in a very long time um it's absolutely incredible the animation is it's so good and it's only about eight episodes um so i would really really recommend it's not one of the things they didn't really plug it when they came out i didn't see any any um advertising for it the only reason i heard about it i think was because desi desi told me about it and i ended up watching it um but I'd highly recommend the Midnight Gospel. Yeah, it's something that was vaguely on my radar. Actually, I don't know where I'd yeah. seen it, but yeah, um, haven't haven't watched it. But it sounds class as well. Yeah, no, I'd really recommend it. Yeah, cool. Um, that's us. Uh, Thank you, Rory, for coming on and being so candid and open with our probing questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, DNA is on this Wednesday, the 30th of June and Thursday, the 1st of July. Um, the link to the broadcast will go up on our page. It's probably up by the time this goes out, actually. Um, so yeah, keep cool. an eye there. Um, Mims, social media, one last time. Well, for the last time, we are Queen's University Players on Facebook. We are at QU Players on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with us, uh, if you have questions, if you want to join the society, um, you can contact us at players at qub.ac.uk or DM us on any of our forms of social media. Excellent. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you. Yeah, such a pro. Such a pro. (laughs) How many times have I done that this time? Oh, I don't know. I don't count anymore. 
Rory, thank you again. Um, it was a pleasure. Mims, thank you uh, for the year. And thank um, you, Hamill. It has been a welcome. pleasure. Um, this thing may be back in some form, but it <laughs> probably won't be us. In fact, it definitely won't be us. Um, no, but who knows? Me anyway. It might. It might come back. Um, it depends on what what the demands like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or if anyone on the committee wants to do it as their vanity project. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, if we're not back, uh, or if this isn't back, it's been a thing. It's been a strange year, and it's been a thing that we did, um, and I've enjoyed it. Um, so thank it's you to been everyone. Enjoyable to listen to. Thank you. Oh, good. Somebody listens. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, thank you to everyone who has listened, honestly. Um, and uh, it was more people than we expected, I think, honestly. Um, <laughs> we 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 thought if ten people actually listened to it, that's a success. But yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was maybe double that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was some some people actually listened to it, and this lives online forever. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So th- thank you to everyone who has um, been on, uh, and thank you to everyone who has listened, and anyone who was involved in any other way whatsoever. Um, yeah, as you say, Mims, it'll live on forever. Someone might find it 15 years from now in some remote <laughs> corner. Then we'll of the become enormously famous. Yeah, yeah, if we're not already. But um, yeah, thanks. Uh, we will see you when we see you, I guess. Bye. Bye. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Incredible. Awesome. Right, let's stop recording. <laughs>